everyone, I'm Brandon Odo. And I'm Brian Bowling. And this is Critical Care Scenarios, the podcast where we use clinical cases, narrative storytelling, and expert guests to unpack how critical care is practiced in the real world. Welcome back. It's Brandon Odo with another Turbo. Topic today is who gets to be cool? What do I mean by that? Um, recently on Twitter, the age-old topic came up of nurses listing their their postnominal acronyms, um, and some physician noting that some nurses like to use quite a lot of them. You know, various certifications and degrees they've accumulated. Some nurses have five, ten, fifteen, and sometimes they list many of them. And he thought it was pretty silly. This has certainly come up before. And I wanted to kind of chat about this general question because I think it has a lot of implications that are are not that obvious. I too, uh, my aesthetic, if you will, is understated. I think on a on a kind of deep level that people who spend a lot of time and go out of their way to let people know who they are and how important they are and how special they are, whatever that may mean in the context, their pedigree, their money, their power, their experience, whatever. I think it's tacky. I I can't help but feel that way. And that's just kind of how I vibe. My my aesthetic is that these things should be... um, Understated. You should not talk about such things. That is a, a much more um, a cool way to be. It's cool to be the guy who who has it all but doesn't share it. This is certainly not a, a new idea <laughs> shared by me, um, and certainly not even a, a new aesthetic idea. Uh, it's you know common in let's say the world of uh, fashion for people to wear. A, $10,000 suit um, that looks very casual. Uh, people who are into cars like to make sleepers that look like a beat-up old station wagon but has an engine under the hood that'll let it go you know, faster than any sports car. Um, you know, People feel like it's, it's cooler to have those kind of those things in your pocket but not share it than to have it and to tell everyone. Um, so that's all out there. And I want to get that on the table because I, I feel that way and I think that that's what people are thinking when they see someone who's you know listing a lot of credentials or whatever. However, I want us to take a moment and reflect on the fact that being cool, being casual, not telling everyone what you have going on is a certain form of privilege. The people who get to act cool about what they have are the people who have the psychological security to be that way because they know they have it and they don't need to tell anyone. That's the whole reason it's cool to be this way. The guy who has no money and acts like he has no money is not being cool. He's just being honest. It's only you know cool and understated 
to be extremely wealthy and not show people. So if we compare the, those aesthetics, you know, the, the quote, new money person who, who started out without money, made a great deal of it. And then you see them on TV driving sports cars and wearing diamonds compared to the person who comes from a wealthy family and the whole aesthetic there, and this does go back many generations, is that you don't brag about it. You're, you're reasonably frugal in appropriate ways. Um, you don't really act like you have a lot of money. You just sort of spend it when you need to and when it's appropriate. Um, people like to point out uh, members of the British royal family who uh, are wearing some of the same articles of clothing they did 30, 40, 50 years ago that have all been patched and repaired so many times. That's sort of part of that, that culture and tradition. You, you spend money, they're expensive items, but then you, you protect it and you take care of it. You know, these all seem like nice values, but the reason these old money families can act that way is because they're secure in that. They know that people know they have money, or at least they know that they, they could tell people that. They have it, they know they have it, they're never going to not have it. The guy who started out with no money doesn't have that security. Many of us are familiar with the idea of, of Maslow's hierarchy, you know, a certain pyramid uh, where you build upon more, more fundamental needs a person can have. And once those are secure, it becomes possible to you know, pursue and achieve higher level ones. The most basic being, you know, physical needs like you know food and water and then on the highest levels it's you know self-actualization and you know watercolors and stuff like that uh, but i think this is a, a good model for what we're talking about how do you get to act as if what's important is subtler higher level stuff loftier notions and sort of look past things like power dynamics and how you're perceived. Well, you get there when you are secure in those things already. When you are the well-respected physician and people listen to what you say and you never really have to worry that people look down on you, then it's really easy to show up at work, show up in life and say, what's important is patient care. What's important is the higher ideals of our profession. I only want to think about and talk about uh, the recent evidence and the ideal ways of treating these diseases and you know, medicine as a, as a craft and all these, these great ideas which are very true and, and we should be aspiring to. But then to turn around and look at so, what somebody else is thinking and talking about and say, why are they thinking and talking about such pedestrian things? That is a statement of privilege. We're not understanding why they would need that only because we don't need it. And I think the last turbo, I, I mentioned the old quote that great minds talk about ideas and average minds talk about events and, and small minds talk about people. And there's truth to that. But we can flip that here and say that minds that are secure enough in these smaller matters are able to talk about big things like ideas because their own position is not at risk. People who are 
at greater risk to their own security. And that may be things like their job or how they're perceived or their credibility. They don't have the privilege of looking past that stuff. Years ago, before I was a PA, I was an EMT. And a, an EMT basic is a, a very uh, kind of low end of the totem pole position in healthcare or public safety or whatever you want to call it. I don't make much money, very uh, disposable. People get uh, fired and rehired all the time for no particular reason. Uh, at one point as an EMT, I was talking to the CEO of one of the companies I worked for at the time, and we were talking about uh, some rules or things. And he said, you know, I don't understand why people talk about like getting in trouble for something, which I, I had mentioned. Uh, what is this like getting in trouble? I don't even get what you're talking about. And we said, you know, oh, ha, ha. And then sometime later, I got fired from that company because I got in trouble for breaking a rule. People don't think about getting in trouble who are the CEO of the company. That's not on the table. But it's very much on the table for the almost minimum wage employees who the majority of their job is following rules or not following them and then getting fired for not following them. Nursing is a profession that has risen uh, within many of our lifetimes from being a much more uh, rote procedural position requiring lower levels of training, making less money, having less of a seat at the healthcare table, to one that is considered a, a professional position with a lot of training, a lot to say, and a lot that we should be listening to, and really considered essential to modern healthcare as it is. But they didn't get there by not fighting for it. So nurses are very aware of how they're perceived. And that is, I think, the reason why, in some cases, they'll go out of their way to demonstrate their background, their competence, what they know about things, so that people will see that and perceive it. That's really on the other end of the spectrum from the uh, division chief physician, you know, older, perhaps white male, who everybody knows him, he knows everybody. Uh, there's no question about who's in charge when he walks in the room. And then maybe that guy gets to show up at work wearing a, a t-shirt and jeans. And he gets to, to pal around and be casual have his patients call him by his first name. Can that guy then turn around and tell the, uh, the resident physician, maybe a woman, maybe somebody of color, new in the system there, maybe an immigrant, tell her, you know, you shouldn't worry about these, these matters of, of status, maybe wearing a lab coat, having people call you doctor or stressing if they don't. What's the big deal with all of this? Well, they're not a big deal to him because they represent things that he's secure in. But they're a very big deal to other people where they're still in jeopardy. So I think we all need to recognize this imbalance. And yes, I would like us to all be able to, to be cool and to focus our attention on these higher level things in medicine and elsewhere in life. But I think we also need to understand that doing so requires a lot of other things to be in place. And when someone else is not able to give attention to those matters, maybe it's because they're fighting for other things that are much more basic that we are taking for granted. Food for thought. Talk to you next time.